Hi guys, we're your hosts Jillian and Kaylin, and this is Teach Me How to Adult, a podcast on all the things you never learned growing up, like how to buy a home, manage stress, crush your love life, land your dream job, and how to love yourself more, because we could all be a little kinder to ourselves. We're still figuring out how to get our shit together, so we're calling in the experts and the hustlers for some real talk and legit tips on how to live your best life. Adulting isn't easy, but we got you. Hi friends, welcome to this week's Quickie, our super fast take on all the adulting things that matter to you. Today's episode is super important right now because it's the most wonderful time of the year. Just kidding. No, it's not. It's tax season, folks. <laughs> but it doesn't have to be a horrible, scary thing. You just need to be prepared, organized, and informed on how the whole process works. So keep listening because we got the scoop from accounting consultant Laura Davidson. Okay, so whether you're filing as an individual or as a small business, there's lots of things to consider to make sure you're filing correctly, covering your ass, and getting all the tax breaks that you can. So first off, let's talk about tax deductions and tax credits. These are all the things that can offset the amount of taxes that you owe at the end of the year. Guys, this is huge. Do not leave money on the table. (laughs) So let's start with tax deductions. So tax deductions reduce your taxable income. So for example, if you make $50,000 and you have eligible deductions of $5,000, the government will only tax you as if you made $45,000 of income. It's simple math. Super simple. Super simple. (laughs) You would need to check your own provincial or state government for what deductions you're eligible for, but some examples in Ontario that we know of are... RSP contributions, charitable donations, childcare expenses, medical and dental expenses, moving expenses. And then this was a big one for me as someone who just went into like contract work and entrepreneurship and freelance work. You can expense so many of the things that you're doing for your business operations or as a freelancer, because if you're freelancing, you are your own business Mm -hmm. and you can write off essentially any expense that's deemed operationally necessary for your business. These could be advertising fees, rent and mortgage. If you are working from home, you can write off a section of your home and your utility costs. If you just bought a new laptop like I did for your new business, that can be applied. Mm-hmm. Your phone, your phone bills, transportation like cars or Ubers that are important to get to meetings, shoots, anything that you're working on, uh, any legal or accounting fees, anything professional like that, office supplies, educational courses and training. Make sure you look this up and do not miss out on a chance to write things off for your business because startup costs can be huge. Mm-hmm. And we'll touch on this later, but keep your receipts yes. so that you're able to, to deduct these off your taxes. So tax credits, on the other hand, are credits that can reduce the amount of tax that you owe. So if you owe $5,000 in taxes at the end of the year, but you're eligible for receiving $2,000 in tax credits, you would just have to pay $3,000 in taxes. Simple math. So when you're filing your taxes, you'll be prompted to check any of the tax credit boxes that apply to you if you're using an online service like TurboTax. These can include credits for children and dependent benefits, home buyers, senior citizens, disability, pension, student tuition and textbooks and loan interests and charitable donations. These are just a few examples we researched, so be sure to look up your provincial and federal sites for a full list of tax credits and deductions. Now, we're going to grill our expert on everything you need to know about prepping for your taxes, especially for small businesses and freelancers. Laura Davidson is an accounting consultant, business coach, entrepreneur, and the founder of Modern Money, a financial resource for millennial women. Teach us how to get ready for tax season, Laura. Laura. 
Thank you so much for being here today, Laura. We're so excited to talk to you because we ourselves are gearing up for tax season and have no idea what we're doing as a small business and really need to talk to someone. So we're really excited to be here. Excited to be here as well. (laughs) So tell us about your startup and accounting coaching business and how you got into that. So I worked in corporate finance and accounting for about eight years. Uh, It was my first sort of, I guess, big girl job right out of university. Uh, And I was working for Kevin O'Leary, who's on Shark Tank, and he was on Dragon's Den here in Canada. Uh, So I learned a lot about bookkeeping, uh, entrepreneurial work, and just a very high-level, in-depth analysis when it comes to managing your books and managing your finances. I quit that about two years ago as I got into the fitness industry, and I built a fitness app, and that was sort of my first Uh, real entrepreneurial endeavor. Uh, And then from there, as I met so many uh, people that were doing a side hustle and uh, working on their own business, that kind of brought me back into the accounting world. Um, So this summer, I launched uh, my accounting consulting company, working with um, startups, small businesses, and entrepreneurs. So let's dive into some of the ways that people can start preparing for tax season. So first of all, when is the deadline for submitting your taxes as an individual and also as a corporation? So as an individual, it's April 30th. Um, If you're a sole proprietor, you have a little more time to file. But if you owe money, you have to pay by that still same deadline as a personal um, income filing individual. Uh, But if it's your corporation, you have six months after your year end date. So your year end date can vary based off of what you choose. So you have the ability to pick a typical calendar year, which is December 31st year end. And then that would give you until June uh, to file end of June. Um, But some people pick September 30th. So be it. So it's just six months after that. Okay. And what forms do you need to prepare for as, uh, as an individual and as a business? So as an individual, you're going to get a T4 from your employer, uh, and that's going to showcase all of the income that you made and any taxes that have come off your paycheck, things like that. If you are a sole proprietor, you need to file a T1. Uh, if you're a corporation, it's a T2. If you have investment income, it's called a T5. You see the pattern there with the yeah. T's. <laughs> uh, and a T5 you'll get from your bank. Okay. Um, so if you have an investment portfolio or, or anything that's managed by anyone, um, you should get a summary from that, that bank, and that'll have the amount of interest income or, or whatever you made um, in that year. Okay. And people can just expect those to come straight to their mailboxes. Yeah. it's, it's You legally have to send that out as an employer cool. by a certain date, as well as I would say same thing for the bank. Cool. And then how should you prepare for the tax season and stay organized throughout the year? So this is the biggest thing (laughs) I would say that... uh if anyone's listening to this, to take home. Um, so keeping your receipts is is A. So you need proof of purchase, um, aka a paper trail, or because if you get audited and you don't have that proof, then they'll deduct that and, and take it away from your expenses. Right. Uh, and then you'll be owing more tax because you'll reflect more income. Um, so keeping your receipts, number one, cannot, cannot stress <laughs> that enough. It's a challenge for me. <laughs> yeah, it's a challenge for everyone, honestly. But if you get into the habit of it, becomes routine. And I like to say, think of a lost receipt as lost money. True. If you don't have it, then consider that not an ex- non-expensable because you can't prove it. And um, you don't need to file those, right? You just need to have them. You need to you have them audited. as a backup yeah. copy. Yeah. Okay. So the, when I work with any of my clients, I, I always work in the format of trying to instill the the fact of being audit proof. So everything we can do going from like thinking about an audit backwards so that we can prepare for it and be ready for it in case that happens. Another, I guess, tip would be to open up a savings account, especially if you are a business owner, sole proprietor, side hustler, someone who's paying HST. 
Um, and then obviously your, your income tax and putting aside 20 to 25% of your revenue every month into that savings account. Because when you, you charge HST, your cash flow looks higher. So it looks like you have more money sitting in your bank account, but you actually don't own that HST. That's the government's money. Um, so being able to have that cushion to, to pay back that HST when it's due quarterly or annually, uh, and then also having that extra little bit of room for your income tax, which is going to come due at the end of the year as well. Right. That's, That's key. I feel like a lot of people would probably forget to do that and then be hit with this huge bill essentially at the end of the year that you owe the government exactly so that's sort of the big shift when you go from say being a regular employee who gets a t4 who your taxes are coming off every paycheck Mm -hmm. and you maybe have a couple thousand dollars that you owe the government when Mm -hmm. you file your taxes you start your own business you're collecting hst you're spending hst you don't even really know what hst is (laughs) yeah which is right now (laughs) and then you get to the end of the year and you owe hst and then you owe all this income tax because you haven't been paying anything all year as you've been getting it taken off of your paychecks as if you were an employee. Right. Um, so it can, the first year for, for a, a new business or someone who's starting out can really be eye-opening. Right. And you only register for an HST number once you're earning over 30000 a year? Yeah. So that's the rule. So once you earn thirty k, you have to have an HST number. You can still get an HST number before you hit that earnings mark. And that I would suggest doing if you know you have large operating costs that are going to happen, say, in your first year without you seeing a lot of revenue. Mm-hmm. Because when you do spend all that money getting your business going, whatever it may be that you're, you know, developer fees, consulting, branding, this and that, these companies are going to charge you HST. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be able to get a refund from the government for all that HST that you have spent okay. in your business. Then once you start earning the revenue, that HST is going to balance out and you're, you're going to owe HST. Right. Um, the, really, the only way you're going to be getting an HST refund is if you're overspending or spending more than you're making. What about RSPs? When should you contribute to that and how should that factor into tax season for you? So RSPs are are on the personal side. So stepping away from sort of the um, sole proprietor or incorporated company. Um, And your RSP gives you a tax credit if you contribute. Um, So you get a, it's it's 18% of your earnings is your contribution room that you have. If you don't contribute, say in this calendar year, that carries forward to next year. And so if you look on to say your mycra.com, .ca website, which is a great portal that everybody should go and register on. Um, it'll show you your contribution limit that you have available for your RSPs for this year, as well as your TFSA accounts. Okay. Um, the deadline for RSPs this year, I believe, is March 3rd, so it's going to be after this podcast is out. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's normally the end of February, um, and you have until that time period in the following year for the calendar year prior. So for the year of 2019, it goes and extends two months into the 2020 year. Um, And then same thing for next year. So you'll have into 2021 to file your RSPs. Cool. Got it. And then what is the best way to do your taxes on your own? Should you use something like a U-File or a TurboTax or one of those online systems? So I would definitely say that this is all part of the personal choice. Uh, There's lots of things out there that you can do to do your taxes on your own. I know I've looked into and worked with TurboTax a little bit and I do recommend their products. Um, I also, I work with QuickBooks 
a lot. Uh, and they just launched a new T1 uh, filing, which is for a sole proprietor, which connects right to your QuickBooks account, which is where your bookkeeping should be happening, which should be <laughs> happening monthly, staying up to date. Um, so that that's a, a really cool feature and service. Um, but I would suggest that you, it depends on your level of education and how comfortable you feel doing either your personal taxes or if it's for your business. Um, but I think the more hands-on you can be with it, the better, because at the end of the day, it's your life, it's your money, and you should know what's going on. Yeah, totally. It's true. I had my taxes done for me by my dad, like my whole life, and now I'm doing them on my own. And, and it, you're like, it what, shouldn't what, what be is overwhelming. This? I mean, as it just as a personal... Like as someone who had a career and just basically had to worry about a, a T4. Yep. <laughs> nice. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> that shouldn't have been daunting, but it was just because I was so hands-off in the mm-hmm. process my whole life. And then now as an entrepreneur, it's a whole other beast. So yep. this is all really helpful. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And so what are some key things that entrepreneurs can deduct from their taxes? And how do you submit those claims when you're filing? Everything from like car mileage to education and courses. Yep. So as long as it pertains to your business Mm -hmm. and the operation of your business, it is expensable. Um, So again, thinking about being audit proof, what was the reason for this purchase? Uh, And again, keeping your receipt. And the reason why that's important is because if you say you went to Best Buy and you needed something for your office, but you didn't keep your receipt, how is the CRA going to know that you didn't go buy a TV for your house? Right but you actually bought something for your office, right? Mm -hmm. So you need that itemized list, that itemized receipt in order to um, prove that expense. But you can really expense almost anything as long as it pertains to your business and you have a reason for it. Um, Another tip that I tell all my clients is to write down what it was for or who you had lunch Mm -hmm. with or why you went here. Because when you go to think back even six months, let alone two, three, four years and go, oh shit, why did I go here? I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I look at my monthly credit card statement. I'm like, I didn't eat there. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, you did. <laughs> so yeah. So writing down on your receipts what it was for. It has to be operationally necessary for your business for it to be a business expense. Um, so yeah, you got to think about it like that. Um, okay. Makes sense. So we've talked a lot about receipts. Number one thing. <laughs> How long should people keep their receipts after they've submitted their taxes? So you can be audited back seven years. Oh. Seven years. What? Yes. Like seven years from now, they could audit me for 2019 taxes? Or yes. they would audit me that year? So like if you got audited today for 2018 and you started giving them information and then they say, okay, we want to see 2017. And then you start giving them information oh, wow. and they're not happy with what they're seeing. We want to see 2016, 2015, 2014. Oh, and they'll wow. go back seven years. Okay. So this can all be pretty overwhelming for a lot of people. So when should you consider working with an accountant or a financial expert on your taxes or just getting organized? I would say the sooner the better. Um, the more you can understand, the better off you'll be. You, you don't want to pretend like things are just going to go away because they're just going to snowball. Penalties, fees, interest that the, the government charges you is insane for late filings, for, for missed payments, whatever it may be. You do not want to have that happen. Um, you know, start, I would say, search your network, ask your friends, ask other uh, entrepreneurs you may know or small business owners and say, who does your taxes? Who's your accountant? Um, ask to, I think the biggest tip I could say, someone said to me, rather than paying, um, you know, like a, a, whether it's a lawyer, an accountant, whoever, their retainer or, or their hourly rate, ask if you can take them to lunch and pick their brain. 
Mm. It's a good little tip. That's so that you cover their mm-hmm. lunch, you know, 150 bucks, whatever it's going to be for the two of you to have lunch. Yeah. And get as much info from them. as you can. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's what I would suggest. That's great. And then you're empowered to, you know, you could do it yourself. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's part of the reason why I launched what I launched. Mm-hmm. Um, after meeting so many entrepreneurs in the health and fitness space and just in the Toronto community, which is amazing, the questions that I was getting were relatively all the same. Uh, and so many people start a business that didn't go to business school, but it doesn't mean that they're not skilled in their craft or intelligent or that they can't handle this. They were just never taught it. Mm-hmm. Right. So it, it's, you know, working with any sort of high level, I guess, bookkeeper or consultant or accountant to just teach you what you need to know as a business owner, how to adult really yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, so just to get your feet wet and get comfortable. So then you do have, have the groundwork to, to grow. Got it. And so you kind of touched on this, but what is the process if you do owe taxes? Like, do you pay in installments or like one lump sum? Um, And are there any penalties that people should really be aware of? Uh, Absolutely. So all depends on how much money you make. So if you are over a certain income threshold, I don't, it's not necessarily a set amount, but the more money you make, the more taxes you owe, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're making a large amount of money, say you didn't pay any installments throughout the year, come tax time, you're going to owe $100,000, $200,000. Coming up with that kind of cash all at once can be challenging. A lot of companies, a lot of people don't have that kind of cash flow just sitting there yeah. ready mm-hmm. to go. So the government allows you to pay in installments. So what you do, it's based off of your previous year's income and your tax rate that you're going to be in. So it's just a, a, a an educated guess, really. And you pay quarterly or monthly installments to the government. And then once you file your taxes for that current year, you're either going to be short a little bit or maybe you overpaid a little bit. And then they'll either refund you or you'll pay that remaining balance. Got it. If you miss your tax filing deadlines, there are penalties, fees, interest, back taxes, things like that, as you may and have. it's like daily, right? It's Oh, they're heavy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not pretty. Yeah. Um, you know, and if, depending on how long you wait to pay them, I know some people that have waited three years and then the CRA just closes your bank accounts and freeze your account Whoa. so you can't spend anything until you pay them oh something. My oh my so, God. And That's scary. And the CRA, like, they're, they're not evil. Yeah. Um, if you are getting audited, if you do get audited, be kind, be nice, give them what they want, and they will be nice back to you. Yeah, they're like, doing their job. Be upfront, ask for a payment plan, like anything that you can just to kind of soften the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they can be pretty, pretty easygoing when it comes to that. And maybe not easygoing, not the right word, but fair. They, they can be they fair. Yeah. 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 If you're rude to them, if you. Are li- you're caught lying, they dig deeper, right? So just like mm-hmm. be honest, be upfront, know, have as much information as possible so you can prove what it is that you're saying, right? That's the biggest thing. Yeah. That's fair. For Thank sure. you. No problem. <laughs> and one thing that we ask all of our guests is what's one thing that you wish you were taught in school about adulting? <sighs> about adulting? Uh, I wish I was taught more about mortgages, mm-hmm. to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, a few years ago, I bought my first home. And that just whole experience was kind of like, what is going on? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so thankfully, obviously, I, you know, I did business school. I had a focus in accounting. I was accounting TA back in the day. So this stuff I, I did learn in school. Um, when you do apply it in a practical sense, it is a little different. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's just a little different. But 
there's nothing like real life experience to teach you a lesson, you know? That is true. That is true. <laughs> so tell us where everyone can find you. So my Instagram account is called at modern money with an underscore at the end. And it's money talk for the modern day female, uh, fairly new account. So it's going to have uh, a bunch of financial content tips and tricks on there, all that good stuff. Uh, I also have my website, which is www.lauradavidson.ca. Uh, and you can see all my accounting consulting services listed on there as well. Uh, I am taking on some new clients a lot of it is remote and becoming a little bit more remote nowadays um, and going to be launching a, a few more online educational videos to elaborate on everything we talked about today uh, and you know give people sort of a touch point access to a lot of financial advice that's amazing thank you so much for teaching us how to adult a little bit more today no problem thank you for having me So there you have it, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard today, it would mean the world to us if you would subscribe and leave a comment or a rating. And we'd love it if you would share this with your friends by screenshotting the episode and sharing it on social by tagging at Teach Me How to Adult Podcast and DM us with any topics or guests you'd like to hear on the show. See you next time. Bye. Bye.